1: is that? That's the
2: second time it's done on. Never got home, they never got home, they never got, got home, those, those boys The second captain's world service. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck.
0: So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. After a comfortable win against Italy last week Followed by the training session that definitely was not a match against Portugal In which Johnny Sexton got a run out Ireland ramp up their World Cup preparations considerably this week When they play England at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday evening The closer the tournament gets, the more ludicrous it feels That all the best teams have ended up on the same side of the draw Most of the frustration stems from the fact that Even if we beat South Africa in our pool The so-called prize is going to be a quarter-final against France or New Zealand. There's another scenario, though, that is increasingly worming its way into my brain. Mm -hmm. What if we lose to South Africa, as we very well might? We then go into our final pool fixture, facing a do-or-die match against our old friends, the Scots, who, yes, we beat handily every year, but (laughs) they are starting to build up ahead of steam at just the right time for them. You're welcome to Monday's Second Captain's Podcast. Hey, fellas. Hey, Owen, how are you? Last week, Scotland were... Simon said hey there to you as well. Hey, hey, yeah, Simon. Just to make sure you're involved. <laughs> I love this Monday non-football podcast. Bit of eye contact with yeah, it's it's Sorry, <laughs> I'm just looking at the Rugby World Cup draw. And? Well, what are
3: you saying? All the team, same...
0: What play, am I saying? It's the most on loaded, lopsided bollocks I've ever seen in my life in a sports tournament is what I'm saying. It's getting worse, Ken, the closer it gets. But but how can you... Because Ireland, New Zealand, France and South, South Africa, Africa and are are Scotland. The four and Scotland are arguably the five best teams. England, yeah, okay, historically, but they're a rabble at the moment. Wales are nothing at the moment. There's nothing on Australia, may you know, it's just sometimes maybe uh, in the World Cup, Eddie mm. Jones, but they haven't shown much.
1: Well, they'll probably make a semi final, yeah. No, they you probably will end fresh up fresh at yeah. that stage.
0: And then you never, you know, at that point, Simon Eton can happen from the semi final. So, who's all, all on the best side? Old. All the teams I just named <laughs> France, France, New Zealand, yes, who would probably be along with Ireland and South Africa the not probably are Mm. all the favourites for the tournament and now Scotland are getting pretty good as well you see what I'm saying
3: here? Ireland, South Africa and Scotland all have to be on the same side of the quarterfinal draw yeah
1: because they do the draw like 10 years before the World Cup happens
0: so whatever way the seedings were at that stage just for hotels and stuff somewhat fair so Ken we could well actually I said we could beat I'm raising the possibility of losing to South Africa but then say you win that match against Scotland at least you still get through not necessarily because yep. there could easily be a scenario where the three of us beat each other each other once and yeah. then you're at
1: the we're actually we're actually favourites for the pool but I think the, try I think the most Scotland thing Scotland can do is to beat South Africa but not go through to the quarterfinals
0: beats Africa lose to us and then the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have, a, be, have
1: a great World Cup but not even post
0: hog that would be a very yeah. very Scottish rugby thing to do last week Scotland were 21-3 down have you got your handle on this now at, looking out of here yeah. yeah so the Scots were 21-3 down <laughs> against France at Murrayfield had a man sent off early in the second half mm. still pulled off a sensational comeback to win then at the weekend, just gone. So that matches against an admittedly experimental mm-hmm. French team. But last night in saint France brought back the heavy hitters. And Scotland nearly did it again. They were 27-10 behind. They rallied to get it back to 27-all. And France then had a late penalty. It was a Thomas Ramos penalty that they secured yep. the win with. Mm-hmm. But they had to dig deep to get that one. So this is just
1: why... Yeah. I'm Scotland just never up. happier than a ton of points down against a very good team.
0: <laughs> yeah, they've done it against France in the Six mm-hmm. Nations this year as well. Mm-hmm. But So, you know, look, I'm sure... It still sounds like they're a little bit loosey-goosey and I would imagine Andy Farrell would have...
1: And they also, all their comebacks end up in them either drawing or losing anyway. <laughs> they, as soon as it looks well, like they're going to win, they then pull out, out something basic error, yeah.
0: Simon, I'm trying to hype them up for the purposes of our chat with Tom English today. So, you know, <laughs> roll with it for the time being. France have had a blow in that game as well. Well, yeah. a couple of blows, right? Roman mm. Intimac out for the tournament.
1: Yeah, ACL.
0: Cyril Bay out for a portion of the tournament with a calf Mm. injury.
1: So potentially good news for Ireland there (laughs) on that side of the draw. Well, Jalabert is going to come in at out half for Entomac and he's an even more dangerous runner. But there's very little between himself and Entomac. But the Toulouse connection at 9 and 10 is definitely a factor. And is ultimately your first choice 10 for the last few years. The guy you've been building a lot of your game around uh, going down a couple of weeks before the start of the World Cup. So no matter what way you shake it, it's a massive blow to them. And by, as you say, out with a calf injury Five to six weeks. Do you actually pick him? Mm. It's a prop with a calf injury, which is a nightmare. That like, does it's not the, sound like the, the part of your body going through those you want injured. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's there's going to be more injuries too. Your man Van Portfield, the England scrum half, he's gone. Ireland are probably going to have an injury too before the World Cup. But for France, I think the longer this project, this World Cup project, goes to plan the more any setback will sort of impact them, if you know what I mean. Like the slams, the under-20 triumphs, the top 14 dominance of the Champions Cup with the French teams, the money spent to host the tournament. Mm-hmm. They all kind of become a burden in a tight game. You know, they're almost like, oh, we've ticked every box along the way, but now we're in a match and it's, you know, seventy 17 all with 10 minutes to go and we're a little bit twitchy and the crowd are going quiet. It's almost like all those positives become negatives. Yeah. And sc- extra scoreboard pressure. Yeah. A bit like England in their home World Cup. Yeah, which could all lead to them losing to New Zealand which for them might end up being a beneficial result Mm.
0: depending on who comes out of our group. Yeah, Yeah, They've
1: never won a World Cup. I think that's significant too. That's in the back of their head somewhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, England have... (laughs) So Owen Farrell is awaiting punishment for a high headshot, Ken. Oh yeah. Not for the first time in his career. Mm. He's dished out a number of these Mm. and he got a red card against Wales. Tane Basham the player
1: on the receiving end this time. Yeah.
0: Wasn't it earlier this year that he got a m- mitigated mm. suspension?
1: He got a few games. Yeah, it could have been 12 weeks. It ended up being four weeks because he wore a nice suit and went to, tackle, low school. to, the, and went to tackle school. Yeah. Literally,
0: there's a thing called tackle school where if you agree to go there, Ken, mm. and to pay attention in class and get straight A's, they this is an
1: actual thing. give you a shorter... Sport.
0: But you're only allowed to go once. So he got this tackle school fucking thing. Um, on his side last time and got a very short So band. he can play the
1: whole Six Nations yeah. This
0: time around. So then again, just by the repetition of what he's doing, if he just left that one and saved his tackle school card for this, <laughs> then maybe he'd get an extra
1: game that he'd be available for in so, the World Cup.
3: So, how many games is he going to miss?
1: Good question. Uh, well, I think the absolute minimum is three, but I think it's going to be four. So I think and that, th- that doesn't apply to like the pre-tournament warm-up Games. Yeah, it does, yeah, yeah. So he'll miss this Ireland game for sure. That's yeah. coming up at the weekend. But I think he'll miss the Argentina game, the first one and most important one in their group. And I think he'll miss Japan too because oh, like he, he served this ban this year, 2020 served a ban, 2016 he got a two-match ban. Uh, his his most famous one was the no-arms hit on Andre Esterhazy in the I remember that one. Remember this one? Yeah. And he'd done the same thing to Isaac Roddick the same year in Aussie. So he's but got away with as much as he's got caught for. Like I literally remember us talking about this at mm. the time.
0: In that year, it must have been 2016, when we had our mm. maybe our first Owen Farrell high
1: headshot conversation. Yeah. And uh, This is even in the olden days before tackle schools, is a thing. And this one at the weekend. So he sees Tane Basham coming at him. He's timed to line him up. And he actually raises body height just yeah. before impact. So I see minimum four, probably five I weeks.
0: don't understand what's going on in player's head he's, mm. this is something that uh, you just you just can't get rid of from his game mm. for whatever reason I don't know if it's instinct just kicks in or something but he does this so with such regularity and, uh, and does get if he was getting away with it one thing but he, he is well he's getting probably shorter punishments than some people feel he should be getting but he's still knows if he does this kind of thing right before a World
1: Cup he's going yeah. to be missing some of the World Cup. It's funny, this one more than any or any other convinces me that it's just instinct. It's not premeditated. Some players just cannot help themselves because that was a nothing game. Absolute dog of a game <laughs> against Wales. <laughs> Winning, losing who cares. England playing terrible. Um, all that matters is that first game in the World Cup. So for him to do that at that point just shows it's in that moment he's he's not thinking or he's thinking I want to hurt somebody or I want to m- make an impact here ah. and uh, yeah I don't know it looks like George Ford's going to come in George Ford actually played better than when he came in it looks like well captaincy will have to change as well but a lot of people think that might be a good thing too because a bit like with Sexton Farrell is the kicker the captain the, the soul of the team gives the team speeches uh, runs a lot of the tactics Uh, has the ear of the coach um, but is also weirdly the enforcer and knocks the head off people the other time. (laughs)
0: Yeah, maybe there's a bit bit too much on his plate. I don't know, (laughs) not for the next few games. The only way to hear all of our rugby World Cup coverage as well as the Premier League now that it's up and running again is to be a World Service member. And it only costs five euro a month plus fat. Jack Conan is hopeful of being fit to travel to the World Cup despite picking up a foot injury against Italy. But is he still our favorite Conan here at Second Captains? Oof. The competition thanks, I si. the competition is intense after we spent I'm just reversing a gag that Murph actually used to yep. Conan O'Brien mm-hmm. on the on mm-hmm. the chat. So the legend, Conan O'Brien was with us ham hands to give him his hypothetical WWE wrestling name as revealed exclusively on our second Captain Saturday radio show on RTE. Conan talked a lot about his Irish-American background, which he believes is what's given him the ability to talk and talk and talk. A very useful skill when hosting late night TV and your guest isn't playing ball.
2: I did it for 30 years. I've done thousands of hours of broadcasting and there were many times where I was out there with people who had nothing to say. So I would talk and I'd say, oh, okay, well, I know you've got a brand new show on the WB and you're 19, you haven't had a lot of life experience. Tell me, uh, you know, you know uh, little Billy, what's it like? You have this new show. Oh, I don't know, it's okay. That's interesting you say it's okay because what I'll tell you that I think, and then I would talk for the entire time and when the show was over, the producer would say, you know, that little Billy kid was pretty good. I'd say he was shit. What do you mean he was pretty good? I talked. I talked for 25 minutes. I told 15 stories. Oh, I don't know. I heard some laughs. Yeah, those are my laughs. laughs. Little Billy didn't do anything. So I don't know. I think we have that.
0: There uh, you go. There was so a lot surreal of still hearing uh, you talk to Conan O'Brien. Well, it was surreal doing the talking as well. We've got a full extended version of that chat available now to everyone to podcast wherever you normally get your pods. Just search Second Captain Saturday. A little story from the making of the Conan interview, guys. Oh, yeah. Yep. We were in the office, ready to go. Everything sort of, all boxes ticked a couple of hours before the piece. So you're just then killing time, really. You know, kind of going over, oh, should we ask this or that? And then realising it doesn't really matter. It's Conan (laughs) O'Brien. He's (laughs) going to run in some mad direction with most of these questions anyway. So then Murph says, I'll go out for some food, right? Now, I had lowered the shutters at the front door there because the sun had been beaming in. And I was just trying to. Block it off as best I could, which I kind of forgotten about. But I did think, even when I was lowering them, like they're about six foot three off the ground, still high enough for most human beings to avoid if they do have to leave for food. Not quite high enough, unfortunately. Murph crashed head first into the bottom of the shutters. Mm-hmm. F- oof, like there was a big loud bang. There might have been an exploder or two. He literally bashed his head, turns around, is then holding his. I didn't know what he hit exactly because he's holding his mouth mm. and. He's like, I'm like, I'm I'm just like, just a bit before going on through, I was like, no, 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 I think you're okay. And you know when somebody whacks themselves like that, the immediate thing is... Uh, simple like are you okay Jesus mm. that's loud you get a bit of a shock but yeah. very quickly you're thinking how funny this is Yeah, and I'm looking around Killian's in the office as well I don't even know if Killian noticed it happened he was in his Killian zone yeah, yeah, where yeah, he had yeah. his headphones on and I'm like oh. so I'm trying to catch his eye to <laughs> allow I didn't want to be the only person just laughing uh, at Murph yeah. and Murph goes off to check himself in the bathroom turned out to be uh, ter- nothing too serious although I did notice later on we did a couple of celebratory drinks and uh, I noticed a little bit of a uh, raspberry developing on his head which I don't think was in play when we were actually doing the chat with Conan it was the biggest head injury second captain's head injury I would say since Paul O'Connell slammed his head into the doorframe of our oh, old office <laughs> in the pokey Georgian building so I'm going to say this wasn't quite O'Connell levels but anyway Murphy soldiered through Ken Glassdoor level oh no that sounded a lot worse no, Ken's yeah. is a lot worse. I forgot about that. Yeah, very good. Sorry, Ken. I totally forgot about your it's one fine. was way worse than Paul O'Connell's. Look, I've done it a few times.
1: You didn't go on air straight away after them.
0: I
3: haven't gone through a door yet. Haven't gone Near gone enough, straight away after. Pain. Maybe that's <laughs> forthcoming attractions. It uh, could be.
0: It could be. Murph soldiered on, got plenty of laughs out of Conan, so he was feeling good about things. You can have a listen to that extended Conan O'Brien podcast, as I mentioned, wherever you get your pods.
1: Eighty minutes is up because there's an incredible gun gun off here.
2: Yeah, my apartment's gonna be stacked full of lads. going ten lads coming over uh, for the whole thing, so it's gonna be absolute carnage. It's gonna be absolute carnage. Absolute carnage. carnage. Gonna be absolute carnage. Absolute carnage. Be stacked full of lads. with all be ten lads coming absolutely, over. carnage. Simon,
0: I don't know what you're doing toweling off there. Keep that top off and hit that bomb one more time. Are the Scots hitting their stride? It's just the right time for them and the wrong time for us when it comes to our World Cup pool. Tom English of BBC Scotland is on. Tom, how are you keeping? I'm grand. Yourself? Uh, good, good, good. I, I, was, I was a little concerned, I have to say, when I saw Scotland were close to completing the second comeback victory in two weekends <laughs> against France. Now, I know the first one was against a somewhat weakened French team, but they still got the job done with 14 men. And they couldn't quite do it against a stronger team at the weekend. But it, I, it, I'm guessing there'd be a bit of encouragement there for Scotland?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, listen, they're um, they again. They put themselves in a hole. You know, they're twenty seven ten down after after an hour, and then scored seventeen unanswered points to make it twenty seven all. This is a recurring. This is a kind of a trilogy, you know, mm. with, with with France this season. All bizarre games, all wildly entertaining. I mean, they went Scotland went nineteen nil down in the Six Nations game in Paris, and then outscored France. I think it was twenty-one-six for the next hour. France eventually won it. The same last last weekend, Scotland were twenty-one-three down at halftime. I scored twenty-two unanswered points to win it. I mean, this is the split personality of this this team. Is is A, it's doing the supporters' heads in, but B, it's getting them off their seat. They love watching this team, even though they don't know what they're watching half the time. Yeah, half the time in the same
0: game by the sounds of things. So how did this one go at the weekend then, particularly in terms of the comeback that they, they nearly managed to pull off the win with?
3: Well, like they were you know, they had a good start. Previous week against France, they had a poor start. This this uh, Saturday night in they had a they had a terrific start. They scored early and then France came into it and France hit them with two early tries at the start of the second half to go into that 17-point lead and Really, there wasn't a lot happening for uh, for Scotland. It could, they could have conceded two more tries on the back of those early second half tries scored by Penaud and Olivon. They could have scored. They could have conceded two more, and that would have been totally lights out. But they hung in there, showed a bit of resilience, and then they started to play. and Russell took complete control of the game, ran the show pretty much until the end. They started to get. Um, Van de Merva involved they started to get Kyle Stein involved and France you know they're probably a week or two behind Scotland in terms of fitness the, t- the fitness tanks emptied and Scotland just went at them and went at them and they played with this kind of highly skilled team Scotland they're at high risk as well you know you watch the England versus Wales game low risk boredom threshold through the roof <laughs> nobody doing anything Scotland-France games have been thrill-fests. And Scotland went after them, got it to 27-all, but then conceded a scrum penalty, lost lost by three points, but an awful lot of positives in it. Are
1: Scotland the fifth-best team in the world at the moment?
3: Are they the fifth-best team in the world at the moment? Uh, yeah, I would say. Well, who, who who outside of the top five is better than them? I guess you're talking about Australia and Argentina and
1: England, maybe, but watching England and Wales again at the weekend, just the closer it gets to the World Cup, the more uneven the draw looks,
3: yeah, the draw listen to the draw the other side's
1: getting worse, and our side's getting yeah, better,
3: exactly. it is yeah, dead on they're 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 better than Argentina, although Argentina did them two one in a series in Argentina in the summer, but Scotland should have won that series. They're clearly better than England. They're better than Wales. They pulverize Wales in the Six Nations. So I think they are. I think they are the think they are they I think they're they're I think they're clearly the, the fifth best, uh, with aspirations of maybe moving up a notch. Yeah, like we're, a, we're, fifth, a fifth position that is. can beat anybody on the day, clearly. Yeah, whether they can beat Ireland on the day. I suppose they can. Like if 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 everything goes right, just because they haven't done it does mean, doesn't mean they can't do it. But I think Ireland I think they have a better chance of beating South Africa than they have Ireland. Oh, Ireland just <laughs> seems to have something over Scotland, you know, There's something over Scotland. Yeah. They've got it, to Ireland, uh, Scotland's heads. Not again. Not say that, that they can't beat Ireland. I just don't think they will. Hmm. I suspect they won't beat South Africa, but they might. And I give them a better chance of catching South Africa if everything goes right, and an awful lot of things have to go right for Scotland to do that.
1: It's funny because I was in Edinburgh for the Scotland-France game and spoke to as many fans as I could afterwards just because it was a unique opportunity to get the finger on the pulse of Scottish rugby culture, which, as you say, is one of the craziest in, in the world at the moment, <laughs> one of the most entertaining. Nobody really understands the team. But at the same time, they all unanimously, unanimously felt that they were more likely to beat South Africa than Ireland just because, because of the history of just struggling with Ireland no matter what sort of position the game is in, finding a way to lose or Ireland finding a way to win maybe is probably more accurate. And that that we were sort of gaming out the group, World Cup group, that if Scotland beats South Africa we can eliminate South Africa before the quarterfinals but also if we lose to South Africa we could all, Scotland could still go out by beating South Africa, we could go out even if we beat Scotland. You know, we could all win one of those games and unfortunately uh, one of the three will go out.
3: Yeah, uh, and it is head-wrecking when you look, at the, you look at the combination. Look, most people would say that South Africa will beat Scotland and Ireland will own their games and the big two will go through. But I think the way Scotland are now, and I think they are a better team now than they were in the Sixth Nations. I think Kinghorn coming in instead of Hogg has made a difference. He's a better player. Hogg was kind of raging against the dying of the light. Kinghorn is a real athlete and adds an awful lot to this team. So I think they're better. Uh, I think Ireland and South Africa should be kind of looking over their shoulder a little bit. If Scotland have one of their mad days, and I think it's key, you know, we talk about, you know, the midfield partnership of Jones and Tua Piloto is good. The wingers are good. You know, they're scoring, they're scoring plenty of tries. Russell and White are good halfback pairings. But it doesn't get talked about the importance of Gray, Richie Gray and Grant Kilchrist in, uh, at lineout. When they're in the team, the lineout is okay. When they're substituted or they're not available, the line out is vulnerable. Mm. And they came, both came off after about an hour ish in Saint-Étienne, And there's a noticeable deterioration in the in the Scotland line out. They were 100% with the two, with, with Gray and Gilchrist. They lost two late ones uh, without them. So those two guys, as much as Russell, as much as Jones and Kinghorn, Richie Gray and G- Grant Gilchrist, they are absolutely vital to Scotland's hopes.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Ireland and Scotland play each other at the end of this group stage. And I feel like if if we're saying Scotland are maybe the fifth best team in the world, in terms of depth, they might be seventh, eighth or ninth, you know, the likes of... Even Argentina and Australia might have more depth, and particularly with the second row, obviously without half if they were to lose Finn Russell. And I think by the end of the group stages, both Ireland and Scotland will obviously have injuries. It's an issue affecting all sorts of teams at the moment as we'll get onto it. But I feel the longer the tournament goes on, Scotland will be relatively weaker as the injuries mount.
3: Yeah, look, they don't have a, a ten anywhere in the ballpark of, of Russell. The second rows, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a step down from the second rows, uh, from the centres, pretty much all around. That's why I say Scotland needed all of luck. And they got a bit of luck with Xander Fagerson because, you know, he's going to be available for the South Africa game and it looked for a little while after the red card against against France that he mightn't be. That was a big break because he, he's, he's kind of irreplaceable. You've got WP Nell, who's 37. He's next in line. Fagerson being available for the World Cup is is manna from heaven. But your the overall point is right. Scotland don't have anything like the depth of Ireland. Not, nothing approaching the depth of South Africa.
0: Roman Entemac was among the try scorers for France, Tom, but he picked up an injury which read between the lines They seems to have uh, they, I don't know how serious they realised it was at the time but uh, it turns out to be very serious because he's mm. ruptured in ACL he's now out of the World Cup which I'd say first and foremost is a bit of a loss for anyone watching France games and watching for their great players obviously this guy's uh, a thrilling player to watch but uh, they will have Jalibert to come in they do have depth how much of a blow is it to their chances of winning the World Cup and again I'm
3: asking that slightly with an eye on a possible Ireland-France quarterfinal I think I think it is a big blow because it's not just the fact he's a class player. His combination with Dupont is just mesmeric. Jalabert is very very good, and this is where the depth France's incredible depth comes in. But Antimac is a better player than Jalabert, in my opinion. You look him, you looked at him coming off, and his expression, expression on his face was was not good. Right. It was not that it was not of a guy who has just picked up a minor injury. You looked at him and you feared the worst for him. Yeah. I just also made me
1: think, you know, this is the first real blow to France's long-term plan. And although Scotland's comeback ultimately failed, as it often does for Scotland, they get close and then lineouts and scrums fail them, but I just felt with the scoreboard pressure on France at home, the impact of that in a in a tight World Cup game, which there will eventually be for France, will be huge and it's this thought of everything's been going perfectly for us. We've won the slam, we've sort of we've ticked all the boxes along the way to this inevitable home World Cup win. We've managed to get it in France for starters and then a couple of things start going wrong for you off the pitch obviously with Entomac and then on the pitch a couple of things go wrong. It's tight. There's 10, 15 to go.
0: The other team Zero is Fye feeling. bit... as well. Si, just to cut across, he's mm. out for five to six weeks now as well.
3: And I just feel mm. like again, you know, another mainstay, another absolute mainstay of that team, ever present, really.
1: Yeah, just a brilliant rugby so
3: player. He's not out of the it. tournament, it should be
1: said. But yeah, he is. but so, And again, surge.
0: is he going to be good you know, fit enough when he actually then comes back? I always worry yeah. for any players who are out for the early stages of a tournament and then are expected to hit their stride a few weeks into
1: it. Yeah, but, you know, New Zealand came in as joint favourites a couple of weeks ago. France lose to Scotland. Scotland, albeit like their second and third team and then are run close by Scotland again Intermac out Sir Abai out I just feel like it's getting tighter and tighter as the World Cup gets close
3: It is and you know if they lose another if they lose another one or two then the mood music is all negative isn't it? It's stressed before the weekend it was all good the team is flying now they've lost one of their their poster boys and there's a little bit of negative negativity creeping in but it's not it's not so much that He's kind of irreplaceable, Entomac. It's the sense of "uh-oh," is this going wrong? A sense of dread, sense of dread that England had when they hosted the World Cup in 2015. Things just started to unravel, and once they start to unravel, it's hard to put them back together again. Yeah, start to unravel. It's, f- it's, it's, it's two players. It's, well, as Entomac is out, by is, is not permanent for the tournament, but. They wouldn't want to lose too many others. It's starting to unravel again
0: for England this time, uh, it has to be said, with Owen Farrell. Yeah. Like a load of them are getting yellow and red cards. I, I don't know, in World Cup warm-ups, like surely you've got to have a bit of discipline. And as we've outlined, it's far from the first time Owen Farrell has put himself in this position. Madness. I don't know what sort of punishment you see happening. That hearing's going to take place tomorrow.
3: I think, I think he's in serious trouble because he he can't he can't avail himself of the uh, of tackle school again because he's already done it and yeah. you only get one shot at that. That went well. So, I yeah, <laughs> <he> didn't Hasn't <laughs> paid attention yeah, there, I'm afraid. He kind of a, a you can see old Farrell sitting in the corner of tackle school with a big cap with D written on <laughs> it for dunce because he hasn't obviously learned much. So, I think they're in trouble. They're in trouble there. Discipline across the board. they, you know, they got a red and a yellow card in the Grand Slam match, didn't they? Get another red at the weekend, a bunch of yellows. Discipline is a problem. Creativity is a problem. George Ford coming in might be better for England, actually, in a, in a perverse way, a ten more creative player. But that's a kind of a changing of of what Steve Borthwick wants to do, which kind also might be a positive, of, Tom, <laughs> Ch- which, <laughs> which Steve Borthwick's yeah. plan. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, that's what he should be doing, but he he seems to be set in his ways. I, I just find England. Unbelievably boring to watch. It's incredible They're how just, bad they were. They, they they were they were dull. You know their try scoring is an abomination. Really, for a nation of their size, their lack of tries is an abomination. Um, their lack of creativity. I don't know if that's a, a mindset thing from the coach, or whether the players are, are just aren't good enough. I don't know what the hell is going on with England, but they are stultifyingly dull to watch. You you watch that England Wales game. And then you watch the France Scotland game, and it's like different sports just on
1: well, England had one red and three yellows had twelve players on the pitch at one point. I find it kind of amazing how bad the discipline is in a lot of these warm up games, given the players know they could miss the actual important thing. These are relevant games, fine. try hard, but don't be doing high shots and head head hits and all the rest of it when you know you might miss the World Cup game, it sort of shows you, Tom, maybe they actually aren't as in control as we maybe think they are, that in that moment, they have lost control.
3: Yeah, I think, I think in that moment, they're, they're not thinking, oh, if I go high here, I might get a ban and be out of the World Cup. They're just thinking, I need to, I need to melt this guy. And that causes problems. And I think that ingrained behaviour is still in a lot of players just to empty the guy. Not that that, that the first instinct is not go low, make a, uh, a safe, disciplined tackle. It's just to crunch the guy. I mean, Farrell is like in his 30s. He's captain of England. He's got over 100 caps, played for the Lions, done everything, and he's still doing things like this. It just defies belief that a guy who's done everything in the game is still making these errors that are not just personally costly, but are costly for his team. A week a month out from the World Cup
0: it's unbelievable. I have to say Tom I was a bit concerned you're going to come on and tell us that the Scots are absolutely purring and that they, they're going to have Ireland's number but it sounds like some of the old inconsistencies remain so I feel <laughs> I feel at, at ease after that conversation thanks so much for coming on today great to chat to you pleasure lads a lot of
3: times you say something on this show and you're like geez, you could come back to bite me in the arse now you know like, I can just come out and say what I like about the Scotland rugby team. They will, n- you'll never ever get a chance to play audio back to me and be like, what were you thinking? How could you have come out and said such a thing?
2: Oh, Flora, Scotland. the stones. When will we see your like again? Scotland
3: are a disgrace to world sport
2: oh, That fought and died for. The The jobs you wee and, and you, you can My him. name's Jacqueline McCaffrey, proud Edward's
3: army. You're always on the
2: team of the never, but The
3: Scotland rugby team, the sporting world's greatest pinata. You think again? Year, year after year i laughed laugh at the Scottish rugby team and I'll, I'll never be called out to the freedom that I have.
2: Three Scotsmen
0: it's been that all day and it's come loose and Hamish Watson belking into the sand and that is it and 38 years of birds are over for Scottish rugby. During last week's rugby chat with Shane Horgan you Simon pointed out that mm-hmm. the Irish coaching team is filled with people who have had World Cup losers Horrendous experiences yeah. Painful World Cup Experiences in the past Your fellow Simon Simon is dead Has emailed to Editor at com. You really did pick The wrong week To stop correcting each other well, I don't think anyone Has stopped doing that But <laughs> on Monday's show Simon really did Name check my cat as another example of the Irish coaching team who will have learned from negative experiences at the World Cup, would that be the World Cup winning and losing finalists Mike <laughs> my cat? Or is this a different guy working with Ireland? Keep your heads, lads. Still a month to go. And I sense they're overheating. Cheers. Well, listen, I've got this. I've got this. I know what to say to this fella. Why
2: don't you have a nice tall glass of shut up juice?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was talking
1: about his managerial experience. Yeah, Maniac. So well, I
0: listen, you've made it. You've made it clear. Now, we really could give a bit of a pacing this weekend, couldn't we?
1: Yeah, consider we've talked him down the whole I podcast. Know. Us. and yeah, they spanked us in them. 2019.
0: It does sort of feel like... It doesn't like,
3: make any difference.
1: Yeah. Well, it
0: doesn't make any difference. Well,
3: like winning a World Cup warm-up game is bad. Yeah. No. Well, no, no. Peter no, you know, yeah. England World Cup warm-up.
0: It's like, oh. No. We got hammered by England in the World Cup warm-up last year and last time it definitely affected us. We have a lot of psychological issues with the World Cup. We yeah. don't need to add to any of them by getting tanked by England especially at home mm. I would immediately start getting concerned if we lost the one, game The
1: one way I would be worried about England is if so against a Wales the weekend they had one red and three yellows and 12 players on the pitch at one point and that's when they really turned it on and went well this, this could be our game and they came back and beat Wales with all those reds and yellows and I think a bit like us in the last two Six Nations even though they didn't beat us they actually looked better when they lost a man and it's like it takes away all the complexity for England, all those pesky options of who to pass to or what to do just scrum and maul and tackle Yeah. and then you know they, at one point I think they did a 12 man maul which is almost everybody on the pitch against Wales and uh, weirdly England do better when something goes wrong for them like a, like a red or a yellow yeah at least Farrell's not there to take out any of her players
0: anyway that's that's one good thing thanks Simon Thanks, all Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Owen, and thank you, so much Thanks a million for listening. Hope to see you in the World Service tomorrow. If you sign up, you'll hear all episodes without any ads. The Second Captain's Podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Tell him he's Henry
3: Winter and send him back out there. <laughs> <laughs> is that? That's the second time he's gone off. Never got
1: home. They never
0: got home. They never got home. Those
2: those The
3: Second Captain's World
1: Service.
3: It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's the persuasion of the world outside of that. That's why
1: sports is important.